skin is a living part of your body and your largest organ. And as skincare experts for over 30 years, Dermalogica's number one focus is on empowering people to achieve their healthiest skin ever. Education is at the heart of everything we do. So our podcast brings advice from top skin health experts directly to you. Join us as we discuss research and skin technologies to help you get real results. Welcome to your skincare journey with Dermalogica. It's time to start living in your healthiest skin. Hi everyone, welcome to Living Skin. I'm Beth Bialco and today's podcast continues our discussion on the ever-growing trend of self-care. So joining us today in the studio is Laura West. She is the Master Educator with the International Dermal Institute and Dermalogica. So welcome, Laura. Thank you, Beth. It's great to be here. I'm excited. Well, we are excited to have you because, number one, um, we love all the information that you really share around self-care, practicing self-care, especially when it pertains to wellness tips for the skin therapist. So today, Laura is going to be sharing with us how to create better habits so you can feel more energized after work and in turn, increase your longevity in this industry that so many of us love. So Laura, I know we're gonna be talking about how to kind of create new uh, routines, habits with your body, even tapping into your breathing and nutrition so that all of us can definitely feel better, right? At the end of our work day. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. I I think it's going to be exciting because we're really focusing on three things, your body, your breath, and your balance. So for those of you who maybe uh, are not familiar with Laura, she is actually a veteran in our skincare profession. Um, She has over 35 years of practice in the skin, body, and healthcare industry. As I mentioned, Laura is a professional skin and body care therapist, an international speaker, and an international master educator and health and fitness specialist. She is a native of California and actually received a degree in exercise physiology with an emphasis in sports medicine from Fresno State University. She was drawn to health and body and skincare, so she became a licensed esthetician or a skin therapist, as we like to say, and she went on to design and open and operate skin health care day spas. So, Laura, you started your career actually with the dermal the International Dermal Institute and Dermalogica in 1989. Is that correct? Yes, I started um, working for them full time. However, I was introduced to the company pretty much when they started, you know, 1983. I was a student at the International Dermal Institute continuing my education in professional skincare. Okay, perfect. And I love the fact that you've actually taken your, you know, through passion for exercise, fitness, and health. And you were able to really marry that or mesh that with your love for the skincare industry. How did you decide that that was something that you wanted to do? Um, Well, it's kind of funny. I um, worked years ago in a fitness fitness center, and I would teach the members in the locker room, actually, how to care for their skin. And um, kind of like our modern day skin bar, in a sense, I did that way back. Um, But that was actually not only did I love it because I was always interested in skin, but it was a means to pay for my education (laughs) because I put myself through um, university. 
And so um, it was funny as I was studying, you know, about the body, exercise physiology, et cetera, there would always be somebody that had a question about their skin. And I was always giving them advice and they're like, well, what are you doing here? You know, you should be doing that. And I'm like, no, no, no. I, you know, I want to, you know, move forward, you know, in the body world and the fitness world. And then vice versa, when I would be helping somebody with their skin, they would have an ache or pain in their body. And I was always telling them like little stretches, little things that they could do. And the same thing, it would be flipped. They'd say, what are you doing here? You should be doing that. So personally, I've always loved both industries. I've always felt that they should go together. Um, and it's great because now you see, you know, that's it is such a trend that health and wellness um, section along with the skin is is so meshed well together. Yes, perfect. I love that story too. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's just interesting mm-hmm. to see if, how much really, you know, skin wellness and skin health. And this has always been something that, you know, we've been true to as far as the International Dermal Institute and Dermalogica and seeing that cra- crossover because, you know, one thing that we're not, we're not in the, we don't consider ourselves being in the beauty industry. We actually consider mm-hmm. ourselves being more in the, like the wellness industry. So this is exciting today to kind of get your information, your expertise about how to just, be sure that as skin therapists, because we give so much on a daily basis, that how we can definitely be, you know, balanced and a little bit more connected. So I know for myself, when I was in this in the treatment room um, every day, giving treatments, either running my business or when I was working, um, you know, as a skin therapist for someone else, that at the end of a long day, after about five or six, you know, skin treatments you're tired. And oftentimes you start to feel a discomfort in whether it's a pain, like in your neck or your back. So I would love for you to kind of just take us down the path of understanding that it's important, right? To pay attention to that. And that self-care isn't selfish as a skin therapist. It's a necessity. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, you made a good point that, you know, we give a lot and, you know, we're constantly touching people, touching skin, because that's what we love to do all day long. Um, But it's important that, you know, with that giving, you need to kind of refuel yourself. So, you know, I like to pose the question to therapists around the world, you know, how, how do you refuel yourself? You know, you're giving so much of yourself on a daily basis. What are you doing for yourself? And um, really what I want to share and talk about is, you know, just creating better habits. And part of creating better habits is getting in tune with your body, with yourself, that whole sort of self-care wellness that we're chatting about. Like, so self-care literally for yourself, for the professional skin therapist. So, you know, when we talk about that, you know, it's about being in tune with what you were saying at the end of the day, your your neck's hurting, your back's hurting, your feet hurting. Well, why are they hurting? So a lot of it has to do and can do with what we call stuck stress. And stuck stress is something that can actually happen when we do repetitive movements. So an example of that is you know, the way we carry our handbag, as an example, Um, Mm -hmm. when we're shopping and your shopping bags, Mm -hmm. uh, you're carrying a backpack, you know, those types of things. And in our work as professional skin therapists, stuck stress 
can happen from the way we're sitting or the way we're standing, the way we hold our body, and holding it in those positions for long periods of time creates this stuck stress. Mm -hmm. And the stuck stress is what's happening within our connective tissue. Mm -hmm. So it's all about really kind of listening to your body and what your body is saying. And the pain that you were speaking about kind of at the end of the day, really that's your body kind of saying, hey, hi, you know, I'm, I'm not happy with this right now. We need to fix it. Right. So when you have pain, it's your body is on your side. It's trying to help you. Um, so, you know, I talk a lot about listening to your body and I'm going to go into that in just a moment, but listening to your body, not trying to mask the pain, which so many people do. They have it an ache or a pain in a body part and they go to medicine, you know, they take an Advil or something like that to block it. And, you know, what's that going to look like five, 10, 15, 20 years down the road? Because that stress led to a distress and that distress led to a disease, you know? So we talk about that also a lot in our classes, you know, at the International Dermal Institute, that sort of stress wave that can happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So really definitely being, like you said, being in practice of being in tune and not just ignoring it. I mean, I'm guilty of it. I'll have like a tight back or a tight shoulder and I'll think, oh, well, you know, I just, you know, I just need to stretch it out or, or move a little bit more. Um, but actually, it, like you said, it's your body telling you like, hey, something that you're physically doing in your day to day, whether it's your job or the way that you're sleeping or sitting um, you needed to correct that. Now I've heard you speak about this before and sometimes you refer to it as, um, kind of occupational hazards, kind of <laughs> triggering that stuck stress or that body stress. Um, mm -hmm. so what do you mean by occupational hazards, especially for a right. skin therapist to notice more of this discomfort after a long day of work? Right. So our occupational hazards, if you, if you think about it, um, so, like, you know, our audience to kind of imagine your treatment room right now. And within your treatment room, how is it set up from your your treatment bed to your trolley, your facial machine, et cetera? So what, you know, we refer to as ergonomics of your room. You know, how are things placed? And um, can they can they change? So Sometimes that can be a challenge in certain treatment rooms. Maybe you can't always change the height of your bed, but ultimately the bed height is important. Um, if you're sitting, your chair, how are you sitting in your chair? And when, if you are sitting or even standing, you know, how are you standing? Do you shift your weight to one side of your body? If you do, that's going to throw out, you know, everything's connected. It's going to throw out your knee, your hip. Um, your when you're sitting you know how are you sitting is if your bed's too high for you and the client's body is way up there are you kind of what we like to say wearing your shoulders as earrings you know are your shoulders up to your ears mm -hmm. you know what, what's that going to look like what's the, all that stress and tension in in your neck um and it's going to hurt not only your neck but your shoulder your elbows your wrists because again it's all connected so ergonomically in your treatment room how are things placed Mm -hmm. Can you change them? Do you have to reach for that trolley or does it have wheels where you can move it closer to you? 
Um, as far as other occupational hazards, I mentioned a little bit of it a few minutes ago with body mechanics, the way that you sit. So sitting up straight, <laughs> holding your stomach in, you know, holding that core in, you know, sitting maybe middle towards the edge of the chair, not all the way back leaning against the back of it. Um, how are your feet? Are they placed flat on the floor or do you have your legs crossed? Or are you just on your tippy toes? You're just thinking about how do you sit? And I think a lot of therapists don't even think about that. They just plop right. down and, you know, and they yeah. just kind of go on automatic with, yeah. with that. Treatment. Exactly. I do that. I sit down at my, even sitting at my desk, I, I notice I sit there and I think I'm in a really good, as you mentioned, an ergonomical state of balance, but I, you know, you start diving into your work and next thing you know, you're like leaning forward or hunched over. I think about it when you're doing extractions, you know, mm -hmm. and, and which is, you know, really, I love to do and you mm -hmm. really get into your work. And next thing you know, you've got that rounded shoulder, rounded back. Um, mm -hmm. you know, you're trying to get really close to doing some tedious work, even like with relaxing or putting on lashes. So this is all part of our job, right? We have to either stand, sit, move, you know, really adjust our rooms. Um, so what do you suggest though, once we tap into, okay, understanding our body mechanics, taking a good look, I love that scanning your treatment room to see, have you put everything in a, a place that allows you to have better access. Um, but how do you achieve this kind of balance? Like, while like, while working, because physically we can adjust our body, but sometimes I know being in that treatment room, it's not just the physicality of the whole treatment, but it's also to the energy that oftentimes mm -hmm. we get connected with that can honestly, um, affect how we feel as well. Right. So, you know, it's being mindful, first of all, you know, so we were chatting about self-care and mindfulness, but really, you know, getting in tune with yourself. Um, and just before I, I kind of get to your, your question about, you know, like, what can we do? I just want to also say, I mentioned earlier about stuck stress. So when you were speaking about, you know, doing extractions, you know, and of course, like, we're so excited to do this. And we do get hunched over because you're just like, okay, every follicle, you know, I got to clear that out because it's a personal insult if I don't, you know, extract all <laughs> that ingestion in there. Um, so like, we're going for it or the lashes. I mean, my goodness, like that, that's intense because you're close to the eye with those very sharp mm -hmm. instruments. And so that focus is intense. And it's not until you stop after the two hours of, you know, putting the lashes in, you're like, Oh my gosh, well now I can feel my body. So when you can, and that's a good example of like, okay, because that was like an intense pressure or people that do a lot of, you know, laser treatments, you're in, you know, it's, it's very specific work you're doing and there's a lot of tension on your tissue. So first of all, being mindful and then just, you know, simple little easy steps in between clients. Um, you know, first of all, just when you finish, just kind of like shake it off, you know, <laughs> just shake off that energy out to the side. And you'll find a lot of um, sort of what we call giving therapists. They naturally do that. They just, ah, they just shake off and they let it all go. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I know obviously we wash our hands every day all the time, but when you're washing your hands and you finish, you know, with your soap and you rinse it off, really just taking cool water and having your arms just underneath that faucet and let that cool water go from your elbows all the way down off your to the tip of your fingertips. And that is going to be not only very cleansing 
um, routine to do or, you know, a little tip to do. But it also, the coolness helps to um, get rid of that energy, but also decrease maybe any inflammation from the mm, stuck stress yeah. in the tissue. Okay. And, um, and even, you know, just taking a moment, you know, we'll probably talk about this more later, but just, you know, like do some breathing, you know, <laughs> just like you probably all, all of a sudden when you finish the work, it's like you do exhale. But I think a lot of therapists go client, 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 and they, they forget to breathe properly from their abdomen. So just do some inhalation therapy. You can add some essential oils, mm -hmm. cup your hands over your nose and mouth, you know, it's awesome. And, um, yeah, and then just other things, even, you know, like at the, so that's during the day, but at the end of the day, a nice little tip to do is what, you know, what we like to call a lot of times is take your uniform, quote unquote, off. So whatever you wear for work, whatever that is, so a physical uniform, like, you know, you and I wear, you know, or um, is it a lab code or is your dress code sort of, you know, some sort of slacks with a polo, whatever the uniform is, take it off leave it at work and change into something else. It's amazing how your energy changes. <laughs> and that's, that's just, a, yeah. yeah, it's really cool. That's just like a great little tip um, that I learned years ago um, and continue to do it and, and share with the students as well. Yeah, because you can imagine, I mean, the energy is also just clinging to not mm -hmm. only you, but whatever you're wearing. So kind of, it also too is like a mindset, like I'm stepping out of work mm -hmm. mode and yeah. now I'm going to, go into being able to start to kind of disconnect um, mm -hmm. yourself as well. Um, you had mentioned too earlier about the mindfulness and being aware of your body. And then, so especially when you think about after you're done with work, oftentimes to kind of doing, I love how you've always said to do like a body scan and seeing exactly where you're feeling discomfort. So Oftentimes, especially after a long massage, whether you have like wrist pain or you've been standing for a while and you have, you know, low back pain. But if someone's not really necessarily aware of what this all means, can you take a moment and explain to us like how how the work and maybe the if there is physical discomfort, how that's all connected? Yeah. So you you said um yeah, one of my favorite terms, a body scan, you know, and I know, you know, we've done that before together, but a body scan, as you say, is going back to that mindfulness and really sort of, I think as Jane even says, you know, a lot of times like get your antennas up, you know, tuning in literally to your body. So getting in tune with what I like to call your body sense, you know, in the fitness industry, you know, we talk about what's known as connected anatomy. Everything's connected and it literally is. So those bones are connected by a tissue that's referred to as our connective tissue. And if you really pause and think about that term connective tissue, it, this tissue is literally doing that. It's literally connecting everything in our body together. And, you know, scientifically, uh, that term, that word is known as fascia. And so it's this fascia that connects our whole body in really like this endless web that's made up of collagen and elastin, lots of fibers, and it's all like kind of bathing in this cellular fluid. And so 
our bones, our muscles, our organs, everything is in this fluid environment. And even we have a very high concentration of sensory nerves from our you know, autonomic nervous system. We have things known as proprioceptors and mechanoreceptors. And so everything from you know, our blood supply, our nerve activity, all, all flows through this connected tissue or this fascia. And it needs, it's a fluid environment, so it needs fluid to function effectively. Mm-hmm. And when there's not enough fluid, it gets really tight. And when it's tight, it sends a signal of pain. And that signal of pain is going through the nerve um, endings because those proprioceptors specifically, this nerve and sensory nerves, they're a high concentration. In fact, the highest concentration of them is found in this tissue. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times I give an analogy of an orange. And so um, if you think of an orange and you slice it in half, you can see that there's, you know, it's not very juicy, but there's this tissue that is compartmentalizing, you know, the the pieces of the orange, you know what I mean? So like you yeah. see like all the little sections. Yeah. So literally that's the connective tissue of the orange <laughs> and right. everything is connected in that. So our bodies are like that as well. And I mentioned earlier about stuck stress. So stuck stress causes that fluid environment in this tissue to become dehydrated. And that's that's another term that will say, oh, your connective tissue is dehydrated. That's why you have pain. And people go, no, 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 I drink a lot of water. I drink a lot of water. But the, you know, the story about water is, yes, we need water. Yes, you need to drink water. But if your internal body is so dehydrated, those cells and tissues can't really absorb it. So another analogy I like to do is a sponge. So imagine a sponge and the sponge is really dry. And so if the sponge is really dry, it's stiff, first of all. And if you try to bend it, either it won't bend or it'll break or sometimes it'll bend and it just stays there, right? And then, Mm -hmm. but if you know how to tap into it, so if you start to run it underwater or dip it in a bowl of water and you start to, you know, kind of manipulate it and like start to tap into it and bring water into it. And if you start to squeeze that sponge, it becomes, you know, very buoyant and you, you can manipulate it. You can squeeze it, make it tight and then open your hand and it just pops back up. (laughs) And that again is our connective tissue. So when our connective tissue is the fluid environment um, is moving we can bend over, we can do different activities, whether it be sport activities or whatever we like to do. And you can, when you finish doing that activity, you're fine, you don't have any pain versus sometimes you hear about people all the time, they bend over and they're like, oh, oh, I'm stuck, I'm stuck, I can't get up, I can't get up my back, my back. (laughs) That's an example of that connective tissue. It's so dry and dehydrated, it's like that dry sponge, it can't move, so we need to tap into it. So um, that's what I mean when we talk about everything's connected and going back to the pain that you mentioned of whether it's our hands or our neck or our shoulders, again, just tapping into that, um, loosening that up, like listening to it, first of all, you know, that sort of mindfulness and 
you know, body sense and tuning in and, you know, noticing it and then, okay, not trying to mask it with medicine, but okay, what can I do to make this better? And sometimes people naturally, they're just like, oh my gosh, I just need to stretch. And they like stretch their arms out and they're like, oh, I feel better. Well, that's actually what we call a lengthening technique. <laughs> that's a perfect thing to do mm-hmm. to lengthen the tissues. So what are then, so this is, this is perfect. So you're really giving some good examples of definitely that dehydration, that tightness, where you notice pain, where you um, oftentimes due to not having that fluid or that fluidity don't have necessarily the flexibility. So what are some physical recommendations that you can give to our listeners to help them kind of tap into their connective tissue and start to loosen that up, especially on days that they are feeling that that stuck stress or those tight muscles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So easy things um, to do even in between clients at the end of the day, the beginning of the day, but stretching, I mean, stretching really does do a body good Um, and doing it on a regular basis is going to improve your flexibility, your mobility, Um, And it's going to help to um, work your fascia and your muscles and really get that oxygen circulation, all the nutrients that those tissues need to function properly. So just just naturally stretching and then something we we like to refer to as lengthening techniques and lengthening techniques um, are where you are kind of moving different body parts in opposite directions. So an example of one would be, let's just say you have um, uh, stress and tension in your shoulders and your neck and your wrists. If you take your arms out to your side, so you're almost positioned in a letter T with your palms up. And if you, if you um, sort of flex one hand down, and extend the other hand up by keeping your arm still in that T, you'll actually, you can feel what everybody would say is a stretch, but a stretch is you're actually lengthening that tissue. And then you would take us, you know, we would have you take a focused breath and do it in the opposite direction. And doing that just a couple of times um, in between clients or even a couple of times a day, you'll, you'll feel the fluid move through your wrists. So those, you know, there's a lot of other examples and, you know, we can expand on that um, and do some examples at another time of lengthening techniques. But even things like yoga, Pilates, as far as like exercise practices and then light touch, light touch, like, you know, manual lymphatic drainage um, is excellent at reducing um, swelling in the tissues. The swelling is causing the pain and really hydrating this fascia, this connective tissue there's, you know, tools people can use, really soft, soft rollers, not the hard ones. Those are dangerous, <laughs> but they're really soft rollers or soft balls just to start manipulating the tissue. So even with your hands, so for the professional skin therapist, get a really soft ball and just put it in your hands and, and you know, squeeze it, let it go, squeeze it, let it go. And you can even put it in between your fingers and squeeze that together. You can roll it from your fingertips all the way to your elbows and that's gonna move that fluid. So if you're prone to carpal tunnel syndrome, as an example, that's actually a connective tissue dehydration. You can improve that just by, you know, rolling that ball and getting that fluid going, you'll feel 100% better. 
And also, you know, breathing. I think, again, I mentioned it earlier, a lot of therapists forget to breathe. You know, so think about what are you doing in between clients if you if you have a moment in between clients, you know, as therapists, we're working with our hands all day long. And so as a therapist, what are you doing in between clients? Are you jumping on your phone and still using your fingers and your wrist? <laughs> are you, you know, jumping on you know, Facebook or Instagram? Mm-hmm. What about taking that time for yourself and maybe laying on that treatment couch for a few minutes, even if you only have five minutes, you know, just one minute, you know, in a nice dark room, put some essential oils in your hands, do some inhalation therapy and just, you know, really relax yourself and get in tune with yourself and listen to your body. What is it telling you? What is it saying? Mm-hmm. I think that's important. The way that you kind of highlighted just these small little changes that you can do and small stretches and flexibility and lengthening or just having that softball and kind of making sure you're keeping your, you know, your hands moving because Oftentimes, as therapists, they are back-to-back with appointments. You don't have a lot of time. So just by even carving out a couple minutes, you know, if it's possible, I think it's super helpful. And that kind of actually leads me to my next question because therapists being super busy, as I mentioned, oftentimes they might have an 11 a.m. and then they have a 12 o'clock. So they've got a very short period of time, right, to get ready. So not only are they trying to get ready for the next client, but they're trying to write maybe stretch or lengthen or reduce some of that tension, but they oftentimes eat on the run, um, you know, or maybe grabbing a few crackers or a sip of water in between clients or sometimes not at all. So how do you feel that nutrition actually affects the body when you're, when you're working on, on such a busy level? Yeah, that's a really great question. I mean, nutrition plays such a vital role. And, um, you know, I think it's a mindset, you know, that, you know, as we really should be practicing what we preach, (laughs) you know, all day long more with clients and looking at their skin and focusing on the health of their skin and what can they do about it. But, you know, your skin, your outside skin is really a reflection of what's going on inside. And, Um, that's, you know, that could be another story that we chat about, but to specifically answer your question, little, little easy tips that a professional skin therapist can do, just have healthy snacks, you know, meal prep is such a big trend right now. So, so, you know, prep your food, prep your snacks. So you may not have time to sit and have, you know, 45, 60 minute lunch, even a 30 minute lunch. So, so think about, First of all, what are you fueling your body with and what could you use? So little snacks like almonds are great. Walnuts are great. Um, You know, have just a little bag of those, maybe some cubes of cheese, some fruit, bananas or grapes or apples, um, some yogurt, you know, things like that. Like what is something that's going to fuel my body on a healthy side? Not, you know, just give me a high for a moment, like a candy bar or something like that, Um, or, you know, chips or or a soda. But like, what are you what are you fueling your body with? So honestly, just just having four or five almonds in between clients is amazing. Like you'll feel so much better. Mm -hmm. So think about little things like that. And then you mentioned drinking water. So water is good, but maybe you can spike it a little bit, you know, (laughs) put Mm -hmm. some lemon or oranges or, you know, a slice of something that's going to like give you also like some vitamin C and some nutrients. 
So yeah, so water is definitely important, as you mentioned, especially in just how your cells function in, in the body. So skin therapists, we're all very attuned to recognizing skin dehydration. But I wanted to uh, step back into where we were talking about the connective tissue. So are there actually physical signs of connective tissue dehydration that we should be aware of? Yes, absolutely. So again, back to those antennas being up, um, tuning into your body sense. Yeah, if, if you are waking up, for example, and you wake up and you're like, oh gosh, I've got this ache in my back. Oh, my knees are hurting, they're cracking, or there are creaks in them, your feet. Um, or maybe you get up in the middle of the night and have to go to the bathroom, especially multiple times. Or even when you're exhausted, just in the middle of the day. Those are all physical signs and common signs of what we call connective tissue or fascia dehydration. So, you know, little things that people can do, they might just think, oh, I'm just getting old, that's why I have it. <laughs> um, but those literally are signs of connective tissue dehydration. So, you know, maybe just in court, going back to the earlier one on nutrition, just get more fruit in your diet. That's super easy because fruits have such a high water content. So first of all, are you eating fruit? And if you are, what are you eating? So as an example, Bananas are healthy, yes, they have lots of vitamin B, but there's not as high a water content in those as, say, an apple or an orange, you know? So thinking about, okay, well, if I need more water in my diet, what foods have a higher water content? And so eat more fruits, even vegetables are very high in water as well. So, mm -hmm. you know, kind of linking that with your previous one on nutrition, just what type of food are you eating? You know, a lot of times people have very heavy solid foods, you know, meats and things like that. There's, you know, you need more water in your diet. Also think about tea. I know a lot of you know, people, you know, we love to drink our teas, especially our white tea and green tea. And there's also been studies that have shown that when um, the citrus and the green tea are added together, that it can really increase your body's ability to absorb antioxidants, so sort of um, mixing the lemon with that high antioxidant tea, like a green tea or a white tea, will help to help the body to absorb really almost up to 80% is what they found of the antioxidants in your body. Wow, that's interesting. And I think it's that's good to know because it's a little bit more than just making your water, your tea, you know, look nice or taste mm -hmm. a little bit better by adding some fruit, but there is definitely some antioxidant um, purpose and benefit to, to doing that. Well, Laura, I just want to thank you so much for taking this time today to really walk us through um, how to practice these self-care tips to help definitely be in tune to your body, your breath, and your balance, just to really help us, I think, to to no longer feel tired or really worn out at the end of the day. So having a little bit more of that extra energy to devote to, you know, your home, your family, your hobbies, right? Your social life. So I just want to thank you for taking the time to speak with us. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. I, you know, this is a love of mine, as you know, love, you know, the whole aspect of self-care, wellness. And what I would like to say to our listeners is, you know, I'm sure a lot of the information on the drinking water and the nutrition they know, but I think what's really important is 
I know we all love this industry. We love what we do, but you know, how about the longevity of it? You know, if you have, if you, any of you are those that do have the pain, you know, how long can you suffer with that pain? So, you know, really our goal is that you tune into yourself and, you know, practice. It's really about self-care is really about the practice of taking care of you. So, so we do need to practice it and, you know, just being mindful, tuning into your body sense and really, you know, making that time for your practice. So thank you so much. This was really great. I really enjoyed it. Of course, of course. And I I love what you said there about really taking the time to do that in practice and, and also to not feeling like you have to do all things all at once. I know that can be Mm -hmm. a little overwhelming, especially if you are thinking, oh gosh, I know I I need to eat better. I need to drink more water. I need to stretch out. I need to work out more. So maybe I think a, a good piece of advice too is tap into what you need to do right now and maybe just make a small step, right? And see how that affects your, affects your business. What piece of advice would you give someone listening today if they could start one of these key tips that you shared with them? Where do you think that they should begin? Uh, tuning in to their body sense, just listening to their body and breathing. I think breathing is probably number one. And when we say breathing, proper breathing, you just take your hand and put it on your lower abdomen. And when you inhale, you know, your abdomen should come out and you inhale through your nose. And then when you exhale, exhale through your mouth and then your abdomen should come in. So I would say, first of all, focus on your breath, breathing work, and then move, you know, move in from there. And you'll you'll start to sort of listen to your body. What is it saying to you? Tuning in, body sense. (laughs) Perfect. I love that. Okay. Well, thanks, Laura, again, for taking some time to speak with us today. And we can't wait to have you back. Yay. Thank you. Can't wait to come back. Thank you for listening to Living Skin. And don't forget to rate and subscribe to this podcast. If you have any topics you'd like for us to feature, send an email to livingskinpod at dermalogica.com. And until next time, Cheers to living in your healthiest skin.